What's up, TPN? It is I, Adam, with a bit of a administrative show note announcement, if you will. This is the week of TPNX, 21st, 22nd of April in Orlando, Florida at the International Airport and the Sea Terminal. This is super exciting for Matt, myself, all of our volunteers, our attendees, our airlines, our air carriers, our industry partners, the city of Orlando, the state of Florida, the United States of America, and the world writ at large. All right, maybe it's not that big, but it's a big deal anyways for us. We're super excited to host uh, TPNX job fair, trade show, party, good times, class reunion, you name it. That's what the X stands for. We're excited to host you. We're excited to share a lot of information with you this week. And leading up to that, you are about to get inundated with podcast after podcast after podcast. We do things a little differently at TPN and at TPNX, obviously. And this is no different this week with our podcast release schedule. You're going to get a ton of them before we have TPNX. So just be ready. Get your ears open and ready to listen. We're going to have... A bunch of recruiters on from a few of the legacy carriers that are going to be down there, as well as a few other uh, individuals who are showing up for airlines and industry partners who want to share a lot of detail and data with you to give you some TPNX hints, tips, tricks, tactics, techniques, procedures to go down and crush it while you're there and have a good time and and be as stress-free as possible. So uh, this is my administrative note before you start listening to this podcast and the other ones that are going to come out. So uh, keep your downloads on and make sure you get all those. And then uh, something that we never ask you to do, if you could go and leave a rating for the Pilot Network podcast. Five stars if you think we deserve it. Uh, If you don't think we deserve five stars, that's cool too. The more the merrier. Let's help all those pilots find uh, TPN out there to better their career and the career of our own and all that good stuff. All right, now I'm rambling. Enjoy this podcast and all the other podcasts that are coming out this week, and we'll see you at TPNX. Good day, network, wherever you find yourself on or above our pale blue dot. Today's episode, Matt interviews James O'Neill. He is the founder of Raven Careers, good friend of TPN, and an all-around aviation guru. His passion for aviation started in high school and led him to studying aeronautical science at the great Embry-Riddle University in Daytona. James then went on to serve as a director of operations in both a Part 61 flight school and a Part 91 management company. He also worked as a Part 121 aviation safety inspector in a past life, and now currently serves as a navigation systems certification and instructor pilot, that's a mouthful, at his current company. James founded Raven Careers in 2010 while on furlough and realized he needed more than just flight hours to get where he wanted to go in the aviation industry, if that is not a familiar statement for most of us. Through his own efforts, he built a framework to help him navigate the situation he was faced with at that time. His company and team embraced the mantra of valuing relationships and catering to each client's unique situation. James and his team's success is evident by the hundreds of pilots from a variety of backgrounds Raven Careers have helped. 
Aside from James joining us today, you can hear him regularly on the 21.5 podcast and check out ravencareers.com for more info too. Well, that's enough from me. I'll let Matt and James do the rest of the flying. You guys are cleared for takeoff. See what I did there? James, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Man, it's been so long since we have uh, been trying to get you on on the podcast and uh, just really appreciate you taking the time. I think you were saying you just landed like 10 minutes ago, right? I did. I spent uh, six hours today certifying two ILSs and 40 knot wins. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're good flying. It, man, 40 knot wind day. It... Uh, I, I spent it behind a computer all day planning for TPNX and, <laughs> and doing various meetings with recruiting teams. So I'm about spent. I'd, I'd like to go out and fly a couple of uh, approaches right about now. But One of the things that I'd like to do is just uh, introduce uh, James O'Neill to the TPN audience. I think uh, one of the things that's a big deal is we've been trying to get you on the show for a really long time. And Do you mind telling us a little bit about what you do, your background in aviation and, and Raven career development? Sure. So uh, I'm kind of a weird dude. Uh, I'm one of those guys that uh, didn't know I wanted to be a pilot until uh, basically my senior year of high school. In my house, college was not optional. You were going. And so I had to pick something. And uh, I'm Irish Catholic from the Northeast. So that means everybody in my family is a nurse, firefighter, or a cop. Uh, So I like to tell everyone I'm the failure of the family. I became a pilot. So uh, I chose to kind of pursue flying. And I I picked a pretty good time. I, I, um, I started... College about three months prior to September 11th. Uh, so most of my flying career is tragic backstory, which is cool because it's why inside Raven, I've had an opportunity to fly corporate. I've had an opportunity to do the airlines, I've had the opportunity to do fractional. I've had the opportunity to do regulatory oversight. And so it's a lot of fun because when we get to work with people on coaching and strategy, when it comes to their careers, I, I have a lot of experiences that I get to share, which are, are a lot of... Um, which, which are pretty enjoyable when people are trying to figure out what's going to make sense for them or their family. I, I've usually made the mistake. Yeah, the the path not, not traveled and and the forks in the road along the way. I mean, it uh, there there's so many ways to get into aviation, so many directions you can head. So, what are you doing right now in your in your aviation career? You're you're, you're going out and certifying ILSs. What what kind of airplanes are you flying? And and why are you not at a major airline right now? I get that question a lot, man. Yeah. Uh, the uh, So I have the best job on the face of the earth when it comes to balance of uh, quality of life and pay. They treat us very well. Uh, I fly Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 4.30. No weekends, no holidays. I know what time I'm going to wake up every day. I know what time I'm going to go to sleep every day. I, I basically stay on the Eastern time zone all day long. 80% of my flying is actually physically doing approaches. 20% of it is en route between some place to go do approaches. I get to hand fly all day long. Um, we get to choose, you know, for the most part, where we overnight, hotels we stay at, rental cars, stuff like that. So it's a pretty cool job. I get to work with with really cool people. Um, majority of the folks that I work with are ex-military. Um, Air Force being the primary. Uh, got a number of guys that are Navy. Uh, and then smaller groups of kind of Marine Corps and, uh, and Coast Guard in there. Um, so the people are really, really cool. A lot of fun to fly with, um, but it's just an awesome job. It just is a really good quality of life. So that's why I'm not, not anywhere else. 
And honestly, it affords me the ability to spend time on podcasts like this and coaching sessions with people and their spouses and and different other outside the cockpit fun pursuits that I have. So it gets me my flying fix, basically. Yeah, no doubt. Where you don't have to pay for it yourself. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. They, I think that brings up a really good point. It's something that we talk a lot about on TPN is as people are trying to choose whatever their, their next career, what their flying job is, it's, it's easy to say they want to go to a legacy airline or, or, you know, a a major because it's domiciled in this city or they want to live here and they want to drive to work and this and that. But when it really comes down to it is that there's no right answer on where you end up going, whether it's a fractional or a ULCC or a legacy airline, you know, it, it really is about what's right for you, your family, your quality of life, what kind of flying you want to do. Um, me personally, I like my time zones plus or minus one. <laughs> I've, I've done the, the show up at four in the afternoon, fly through the night and, and land just as the sun's coming up to sleep all day kind of thing and then do it all over again. And, and that just isn't for me anymore. So it, uh, yeah, I, I think it illustrates a really great point that, you know, they're, there's so many different kinds of flying and just because you want to go fly triple sevens to wherever, you know, it, because that's the big sexy, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's, that's the, the place for you. Yeah. I mean, there, look, there's six basic things that go into making somebody, when you, when you talk to people and you go, why do you love your job or why do you hate your job, hate your job? There's six reasons that, that pop up type of flying. Do you want to do domestic? Do you want to do international? Do you want to stay in the same time zone? Do you want to change time zones? Do you want to fly wide bodies? Do you want to fly narrow bodies? In my case, turboprops. You know, advancement opportunities. How quick do you want to make captain? Um, you know, people think about that all the time. You know, for instance, Delta right now offering 7576 captain to someone four months on property. You'd be surprised how many people pass on upgrade for five or 10 years just because they want a really senior FO schedule and they, they want to get exactly the trips they want to exactly where they want to go. So advancement opportunities, what does that look like for you? Um, outside the cockpit opportunities, we got a lot of guys on our staff, man. They have businesses on the side. They get really heavily involved in union work. They get heavily involved in volunteer work. And so they love flying airplanes, but they, there's this other, these other things in their life and, and the job they have allows them to do it schedule quality of life and pay right people talk about that all the time how much am i making how much time do i have off and do i like the people i'm flying with so you know when we take a look at what makes people what makes what makes people happy and what makes them unhappy it usually boils down to one of those six but the crazy thing is right now because there's so much opportunity people are literally freezing because they don't they're worried they're going to make the wrong decision it's the complete opposite. You know, you would think, oh, hey, there's all this hiring going on right now and everything's going absolutely crazy. It's making it harder on people. We are spending more time with people in strategy sessions now than we ever have ever because they're getting multiple job offers. Yeah, I mean, the, the, that's the, uh, the the crisis of riches, right? You know, it's, what, it's not what do you do when no one's calling. It's what do you do when you get when everyone's calling, when you get four CGOs, how, how do you approach that, that conversation with people? Cause I'd imagine it's happening constantly. It is. And, and the funny thing is usually the first strategy session we do with somebody is, Oh my God, I can't get any phone calls. All my buddies are getting hired. I don't understand what's wrong with me. Right. And so we do a, a, a little intervention and then usually within about, you know, 
anywhere between 90 and 180 days, the next strategy session, after we've gone through their resumes and their applications and their interview prep and gotten all that set up and they get their job offers, then the next one is a crisis of, oh my God, I have three job offers. What do I, I never thought that was going to happen. What do I do? So when we do our strategy sessions, uh, the first thing is we always encourage the person to have, whether it's a spouse, whether it's uh, a significant other, whether it's children, right? Whoever it is that is going to take part in their decision making of what they're going to do, yes or no, is to have them on the strategy call. And what we do is we go through in pretty in-depth detail, starting with those six things so we can understand what are your motivators, what makes you happy, what what's going to make you miserable. And then we start using that to narrow down. Here's here's what the reality of working at company X is going to look like. You know, a lot of people think everybody wants to go to a legacy airline. I had a guy a month ago, two legacies and an ultra low cost and went with the ultra low cost. And people are like, what? Like, well, when you take a look at what is outside the cockpit, aspirations were when you take a look at the schedule and the quality of life and the basing and the mixture that he wanted with his family life, that was what worked for him, right? You have other people that are taking a look at, you know, they get two, two different legacy airlines and now they're, they're looking, Hey, I've got 20, 30 years at this company. What, you know, now, now you're diving into reserve rules and amount of wide body orders and right, because you're not making a decision for just today or tomorrow you're really trying to make a decision for the rest of your adult life. And so our job is to go in and ask some really tough questions that really pinpoint what gets you up in the morning, what drives you. And we use that to drive the decision as opposed to, you know, I personally like brand X. So I think that's where you should go. It doesn't matter what I like. It doesn't matter what you like, Matt. It matters what whoever the person is that, 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 that I'm talking to that day what works for them and their family. It's not, let me teach you how to recreate James's life. Right. Um, and and, and so that's always the, a big thing to remember too, is that changes over time. I, I, I know I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, even, and 10 years in the future, that's going to change. And it, it, I think that is something where you can get paralysis analysis. If you think through it too much, uh, to a certain extent, you have to pick a sport. Someone told me one day, you know, choose a path and make the best of the path that you've chosen and just make sure that you're not tying your identity to your job, if at all possible. And I, that's something that a lot of military pilots specifically sometimes have a hard time doing. They leave active duty and being able to separate the their identity from what they do, I think is, is an important kind of part of that transition. Yeah, it is a huge part. Um, there's separating, uh, of their identity. There's also, you know, the civilian world provides a much less clearly defined path in the military. You have the advantage of institutional knowledge. You have your group of buddies, you, you can see how different people track. You can see what that track leads to. And it's not saying that your, your career is going to work the exact same way theirs does, but you can see how if I make certain choices, here's where this is going to end up. In the civilian world, it's, it's the complete opposite. It's like, well, choose your own adventure. Well, okay, 
what does that look like, right? And and that gets that gets pretty overwhelming pretty quick. And that's why we have to narrow things down based on your value system, based on what motivates you. And we use that to say, hey, look, yes, you, you could do this or you could do that, but let's talk about how that either could make you really, really happy. Let's talk about how that can make you really, really miserable. And when you start asking the tough questions, you can get people to start pulling things off the table systematically, not randomly, but systematically pulling things off the table. And usually it boils down to one, maybe two real choices. But those two choices boil down to really, like I said, deeply inside what drives you and what your value system is. So regardless of what you choose, number one, you're going to be very clear on why you chose it. And number two, you're going in eyes wide open. You're not looking for the perfect solution. You're looking for the solution that's right for you. You know, it's this industry changes constantly. And to make a decision that is that that is going to work exactly the way you want it to over the next 20 or 30 years isn't going to happen. But what we're looking for is a decision that when you look back 20, 30 years later, you can go, you know what? It wasn't perfect, but I'm happy with it. I made the right decision for me. And, it, you know, to your point where the industry is changing and, and airlines are hiring until they furlough kind of thing. And it, it it's an interesting way to look at it, especially for those that are just coming in fresh, whether you're military or civilian, you haven't been through a lot of the ups and downs yet. I mean, we we're... I'll say privileged in air quotes, but it uh, we're, we're privileged to have seen a rapid succession of a crazy hiring wave followed by one of the scariest times in aviation that I've ever witnessed, followed by one of the biggest hiring waves I think a lot of us have seen in the, in the pilot shortage truly arriving, I guess, uh, for lack of a better term. But do, do you agree? Like, uh, is that kind of changing the calculus that people are, are taking as they're approaching this decision? Or is it, are they just ignoring the, the ups and downs entirely and just thinking that it's going to be all, all gold rush all the time? It depends on what each person's individual experience is. So if I'm talking to someone in their mid twenties to early thirties, they're going to have a very different perspective than someone in their forties or fifties. Mm -hmm. um, and if, if I'm speaking to someone that has a mainly military background versus a mixture of military and civilian, they're going to have a different perspective on what this looks like. This is not the first time we've had craziness in the past 20 years. I mean, if you think about it, September 11th, right? Then you had all the airline bankruptcies. Then you had all the airline mergers. Then you had the age 65 rule where they increased retirement by five years. Then you had the 2008 financial crisis. Then you had the next recession. Was that 2011 or 12, right? Then you had the hiring start picking up. Then you had coronavirus, right? So there's been a lot of, of craziness over the, um, you know, over the past 20 years. And I, I'm kind of always reminded, I have a, an uncle who is uh, very high up in the financial world. He managed a bank for the Bank of Germany. And he, he always told me, he goes, you better be nice to people on the way up because you're sure as hell going to see them on the way down. And I kind of always remember that in aviation, right? Be nice to your FOs. They might be the next one hiring you as your director of operations or chief pilot, right? Like, I've, I've talked to most, multiple people that I've flown with where that exact scenario has happened. You know, they, their FO changed paths earlier than they did and, and they got furloughed and their FO is now upgraded to captain and there they are with roles reversed. I mean, it, I've heard that happen play out multiple times. Yeah. And, and the reality is I, I try not to get attached to too many things, right? Airline contracts change like pretty frequently. 
you know, the hiring environment changes, not not super frequently, but but it, it changes. And so the reality of the situation is it's just like surfing, man. You're going to get up on some pretty cool waves. And and the interesting thing about that is some folks get up on those waves and they go, oh, dude, I'm an awesome surfer. This is an amazing wave. This is never going to crash. Right. And then guess what? When it inevitably crashes, because that's what waves do. They go, oh, my God, this is so horrible. This is this is never going to recover. And it's like, no, dude, you rode a really cool wave. Enjoy it. When it comes back down, get back on the board, swim back out. There's another one coming your way. Stop. You know, you spend your time looking for what those waves are and riding them. And if you do that in this career, it's a really it's a fun path and you're going to enjoy what 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 you do. Um you know, right now, I don't think the airlines are going to be furloughed anytime soon. You know, now, granted, look, we have another coronavirus event. It is what it is. Nobody can ever predict that. But the reality of it is this is a time for people to enjoy what they're doing and advancing. And, you know, if you want to do international flying, you can do that right now. If you want to do only domestic, you can do that right now. If you want to bid overnights at home, you can do that right now. Right. Enjoy it. Um, and then, look, if we hit another slowdown. Great. Take that as an opportunity to learn how to computer code or start a business or read a book. You know, like it's you you take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you. And right now, the opportunity is to do a lot of cool things flying wise that, you know, seven, five, seven, six captain, six months after you get hired. That's pretty freaking cool. I know. That's crazy. It it just blows me away. And and it's happening. It's not a one off. It's happening multiple times regularly. And think about it. If you have any level of experience, think about all the mentorship opportunities where you can be helping other folks out right now, right? There's a lot of cool things that you can be doing right now inside the company, outside the company, right? You join different groups, um, but there's just a lot of really cool opportunities to advance and get involved that honestly, you never really would have had access to these things as quickly as people are right now. And this yeah. is going to be one of those, like, we're all going to be sitting around a campfire and, you know, with you know, listen, kid, back in my day, let me tell you, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so, instead of crazy. walking, walking uphill in the snow both ways, it's like I, I had too many job offers. I didn't know what to do, you know, yeah. <laughs> first world problems in so, the worst but way. But it, it, as long as you don't lose yourself in that process, I think that's good. Take, take care of the things that matter and, and focus on the big picture. And like you said, it you know, don't, don't get channelized on this wave because there's an infinite number of them afterwards, figuratively. Yeah. I mean, just think about, right. You're somebody that's hired by an airline, right? Maybe you're in your, maybe you're coming out of the military and you're in your early thirties. You're going to get an opportunity to really kind of dig down and really develop your leadership style pretty quickly, given what's going on. And that's cool. You're going to meet a lot of different people that have a lot of different backgrounds than you do. They're not going to think the way you do. And you're going to have to figure out how to lead them. And it's going to be different than how you did it wherever you're. If you're a civilian, it's different than how you did it at your last company. If you're in the military, it's different than how you did it in, in your either active duty or reserve life. And so, I don't know. I just think there's a lot of really cool opportunities that people are going to take advantage of right now. And I think that's overwhelming for people. Because there's this fear of missing out of like, there's Mm -hmm. so much opportunity whizzing by that people are like, whoa, am I really doing the right thing? Or am I missing anything right now? Mm -hmm. No, I I totally agree. So with all the, it's job fair season, uh, obviously career career fair season and, and TPNX is coming up in April, which is no different. You know, we're, 
I, I don't know if we're, we're really compared to the big guys out there, but what we tried to do at TPNX is provide a, 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 a more comfortable, laid back, relaxed environment to where, uh, you know, people can be their authentic selves and, and the airline recruiters really like to get to know them. And we've, we've been very fortunate to have um, all four major airlines and then a couple of the ACMI and a couple of the cargo carriers uh, commit to coming out. And, and we've got, you know, some, some ULCCs and, and low cost carriers. And we've got a really good cross section of, of airline recruiters coming out to TPNX. But I, I think as this is approaching, not just TPNX, but all the career fairs, what's, where are you seeing folks getting into the most trouble when they go to these events in terms of, are they, are, how do they prepare and, and what, what types of pitfalls are unique to this sort of environment that you, in your experience? Yeah. So, I mean, the first thing with TPNX is I do think that there is something really different about that. And that is you guys are removing the discomfort of the over formality, if that makes sense, right? The ability to show up casual and meet people on a human level and have conversations, it makes a huge difference in terms of the types of conversations you end up having with the recruiters. And so if you're somebody that isn't a hundred percent sure on what you want to do, or you're exploring different options, that is what, I mean, each of the job fairs do this in their own unique way, but with TPNX, it's the ability to sit there with a the recruiter in, in a less formal setting and get way more honest answers, if you will. Which actually is of, a double-edged sword sometimes if you get if you get too comfortable. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and I have so, that conversation with the recruiting teams a lot. I'm like, you know, we're we're going to make this a really relaxed environment. If they show up in a suit and tie, I'm going to ask them to go change into a pair of jeans and a, and a collar shirt. But you know, that comes with it, some responsibility to make sure you don't go too far the other way. Right. Well, yeah. And, and I'll just give you some really easy examples in terms of where people get themselves in trouble. So the first is overconsumption of alcohol. You know, they, cause usually it's being paid for by somebody else and it's being given away. Right. And so it's, it's social lubricant. And what happens is people get too comfortable, if you will. Um, and they start saying things that they shouldn't say, or they behave in ways that they shouldn't behave. So that's the first one. The other one, I'll, and I'll use myself as an example, dude, I'm from Jersey, man. I curse a lot, like a lot. And, uh, and so you, you can get into a situation where you forget the environment that you're in. So I think people should be comfortable in the environment and right. I think it's like uh, comfortable, like you are around your family at a big family gathering, as opposed to comfortable, like you are on a Saturday night at the bar with the, with your buddies. Sure. Right. Yeah. So like there's kids around, don't curse as much. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, don't, don't Gra- grandma's in the other room. Yeah, exactly. uh, like, let's, yeah. So I think people tend to think about this as on or off, like, should I be on guard or should I not be on guard, as opposed to thinking about it in terms of what is the appropriate level of comfortability, right? So probably not, we wouldn't want to make it like if you were meeting your significant other's parents for the first time, that's probably a little too rigid, right? But you think about it, right? you're getting together with family, right? Family you see once a year, grandma's in the room though, right? So be comfortable, but be respectful. <laughs> yeah. um, now, granted, you know, gr- grandma's probably smoking and cursing yeah, and, and saying yeah, exactly. some inappropriate stuff, but that she's earned it, right? So the the other thing that I think people underestimate with this is look, I spent a lot of time talking to recruiters. 
they know the deal. They're not, they're not idiots. Right. And so people, it's okay to say to a recruiter, here's what I'm evaluating. Can you help me understand why you over somebody else? And not in a condescending, like, so why should I go with you? But in a true, like, look, we get this from people all the time. I call 10 of my buddies and all 10 of them say that wherever they're at is the best place to be. Right. So it gets confusing. Mm-hmm. So you can go, you can go to these recruiters and you can say, look, when you take a look at your, let's say scheduling is a big thing for you. When you take a look at your scheduling, what makes that special? What makes that different? What are the things about that that you really, really like? What are the things about that you don't like? Right. Hey, do you have any buddies at, company X, when you're sitting down with your buddies, what do you notice that makes, makes you way happier that you made the choice you made over where you're at? What are the things when you take a look at your buddy and you're like, man, I wish we had that, right? Give them an opportunity to, to take pride in their company and share that with you. You don't have to walk in and BS and lie and like, no, 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 you're my number one choice when they're not your number one choice. That's okay. Right. You can have an honest conversation where you go, look, there's a lot of information out there right now. And I'll be honest, it's really super confusing. Can I ask you some honest questions? Because I'm really looking to learn here. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's actually that's part of the reason that we created TPNX or, or started doing this on a regular basis is because I genuinely believe there's value in that type of environment where you can talk to multiple different representatives from different airlines. And and I'm not saying you're interviewing them like they're interviewing you, uh, but you're getting to know that company just as much as they're trying to get to know you because every company has a culture, uh, whether they want to or not. And, and sometimes it's, it's a very well publicized culture that feels a little bit different on the inside. And sometimes it's the reverse, you know, uh, but every, every environment has its own culture. And one of the things that uh, I found very interesting, especially at last year's TPNX, but it, it's happened uh, every year for the last couple of years, is people would go in with preconceived notions about what what a certain company is or isn't, what their culture is like or what it isn't. And then they come out of that experience with a totally different idea. Just as an example, uh, last year we had a, a mutual friend of ours um, who who went through uh, Raven and worked with you guys and came in and got a CGO from uh, one of the legacy airlines and ultimately decided that what was best for him and his family was to go with a fractional. And I, you know, I, I talked to him on a regular basis and they are just absolutely loving life and it was the right decision for them, but it was based off of the culture and a lot of the experience at TPNX. I don't want to take credit for that. I think, you know, he did the work, but I think there was a lot of value in getting that perspective and that can't always be done in a Facebook group or online or, or just reading balance, you know, financials and, and things like that. So I think there's these sorts of environments provide a really cool opportunity to get some of that perspective and being able to, to relax and just chill out and, you know, be authentic, I think is, is a big deal. Yeah. The the other thing that people forget about these recruiters is a lot of, so exactly what's going on in the pilot side of the house right now is going on in the recruiting side of the house. These recruiters get on LinkedIn and look at them and look at all the airlines they worked at. Right. So, you know, these recruiters have worked at 
a multitude of different companies and can tell you what the pros and cons and good and bad are. Um, and so it's, it, folks have this, this like really unique golden opportunity to go in and have an honest conversation with someone to learn, to really simplify their decision-making process when it comes down to having two or three job offers in hand that are really great companies that people would give their firstborn child to get any one of those. And you walk away with three, there's a lot of stress. And if you take that time to have some of those conversations with those recruiters, I'm not saying the conversation is going to be stress-free, but when we're sitting down doing a strategy session with them, we have a lot more to pull from and it makes a decision a lot more clear. Um, and so I think that's, that's the biggest, um, I think the two biggest are the alcohol and then the underestimating the, the opportunity. The third, and I could get in trouble for talking about this, so you can always edit it out later if you want to. <laughs> right. um, but the job fairs are like dating. You're, you're going out on a first date to see if you want to go out on a second date, not to decide at the end of that first date, are we getting married? This is, this is just a dating opportunity. Having said that, right? If you're new to dating, right? Like a lot of these pilots are new to going to job fairs. You probably want to go to your fourth or fifth or sixth tier company first to practice because I don't know, let's say your, your opening line is if you were a booger, I'd pick you first. You probably want to test that first and find out that that's not a good idea on option number seven. So that by the time you get to options, number one, two, and three, you have a much more refined approach. So it, what we always encourage people to do is to rank the companies that they want to go to and approach them in inverse order. Now, you got to remember to be respectful of the recruiters. Don't waste their time, air quotes, using them for practice. Go have an honest conversation with them. You might learn something you didn't. You didn't actually know, but start with who you think. And you might actually find a, a company that you didn't weren't even considering before. Well, instead of looking at it to say, hey, I'm going to these guys to practice, look at it as in my head. I know you're, you're number seven. I want to verify, should you be in the number seven slot or should you be in the number four slot or the three slot or that? Right. Mm -hmm. And and so have those conversations with them and and really ping them on. Look, what? When you take a look at people that are a good cultural fit, what does that look like? When you take what types of backgrounds are you guys looking for? What types of people are making it through successfully? What types aren't? Right? When you take a look at my resume, can you give me some feedback? Is there anything on there you like or you don't like? Is there anything that would keep you up at night about hiring me? You can ask these really good open-ended questions that start these amazing conversations with these recruiters. And you might walk away and go, man, number seven should really be number 19. Or, hey, company number seven really should be company number three. I didn't know that about them. I didn't realize that. Southwest is a really good example. People do not understand the scheduling flexibility. It's like the huge secret of that company that people don't understand. And when they go in and they start talking to either Southwest pilots or Southwest recruiters and they start really getting into like, so how does the schedule work? And how do you pick things up? And how do you drop them off? And how does AM reserve work versus PM reserve? And they're like, Holy crap. 
Southwest was my number four. Now it's my number one. Right. And so or, you know, they go and they talk to American and they find out 100 percent of their wide body pilots are going to be off property in nine years. I know even less now. Right. Whoa, I didn't know that. Okay, well, that recalculates my my decision. Right. Or, you know, how many people used to think, hey, at Delta, they don't have as many wide bodies. I won't touch one. And now you're looking at guys four months in seven, five, seven, six captain. Right. So go into these conversations with an open mind, with open-ended questions, and let them sell you. And I don't mean in an arrogant way. I mean in a like, I'm here to learn, dump some knowledge on me, right? That's that's what a good sales presentation is, is you should walk away with more knowledge than you walked into it. No, I mean, it, it, there's it, it's an interesting time we're in right now, and I think people need to be in receive mode, but you need to be proactive about that. You need to prepare, make sure, make sure you're your documentation and your background and and your how you're thinking about it and approaching it is rock solid and you know you've done the the strategy the introspection to know what you're looking for so that when you get get an opportunity to go talk to these recruiters at these events which they all keep track of it they know who they spoke to and and they find value in that because it it shows that you care and and especially if you go back. Uh, and I think that's in, important to take advantage of that opportunity to be in receive mode as much as possible, just like you're saying, and learn. Yeah, And that's why when we work with people prepping for these events, like I just gave a whole bunch of questions that people can ask. And those are kind of some more of the broader questions. But when we're working with people one-on-one, we're really narrowing down what questions they're going to ask specific carriers, what answers they're looking for, so that like when they when we're sending people into these events, we're sending them in with clear goals. It's it's not a um, it's not hey I'm just going to go there and go see what happens. People are spending a lot of money and time, right? I mean, people are either buying airline tickets or they're non revving. They've got hotels, they've got rental cars, right? Like this is an investment. Then you've got the time, and so you should be going into the event and coming out of the event with clear ideas of what does success look like? And then we can design patterns, patterns of questions, patterns of who to talk to in what order, right? Think patterns of what you're looking for so that when you come out, you're like, whoa, that was, that was a really useful two days, or that was a really useful one day, depending on, on how much time they're spending, but they're coming out with greater clarity because we're trying to lower the stress and pressure on them. People are under a lot of stress and pressure right now to make the right decision. Yeah. So it, I guess my advice, everyone is just re, like, let yourself off the hook, just relax, enjoy the process. You know, it, uh, it, it, when you look back at it, you're gonna, you're gonna wish you just kind of enjoyed this moment in time. Cause you're going to be telling people about it for a long, long time. So I, I think I want to be respectful of your time specifically because time has value and that it's almost the, uh, the most valuable thing that we have, I guess, especially in this industry. So, uh, I just want to thank you for coming on the show and, and sharing with us some of your thoughts and, and, uh, allowing me to introduce you to the pilot network. And, and I hope you'll come back a lot. If someone wants to work with you and talk through some of this on a, a personal, more individual level, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of, of you guys over at Raven and, and get involved? 
So ravencareers.com, top right-hand corner, they can click contact us. We're going to ask a couple of questions just in terms of where you're at and where you want to go so we get you to the right person. And then you immediately go right to a calendar and schedule a free 15-minute strategy session with us. And that's really designed to pull a lot of the stuff we've been talking about in more detail so we can come up with a, with a plan for you. Well, that's awesome. Well, thanks, James. I really appreciate you being here tonight. And I, uh, I, I know you've got a long night ahead of you. So good luck. And uh, we'll talk to you again next time. Thanks so much. I look forward to coming back.